Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And we're Identical Twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi everyone. Hi everyone. I'm Kelly. I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're Identical, identical twins. twins. All right. And if you're watching us on YouTube, <laughs> there's probably a few things you're noticing. So first, we're in a new place. Yep. So different room, different building. We decided to be in our church today. We found a quiet room. Yep. Carrie packed up all our stuff so yep. we're here. Yep. Because we wanted a very special guest. Do you guys recognize this man over here? <laughs> Well, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And this is my husband, Danny. Hi, Danny. Hi, Danny. All right, so Danny loves Him Talk Twin Talk. We didn't have to convince him much to listen to it or then no. even to keep listening to right, it. Right. And I think I was the one who said we should just get Danny on. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was really a, an honor to be uh, asked. Aww. So not only does he listen to the episode every week, but he actually has like things to say about it every yes. week. He wants to say what he what he particularly enjoyed. He wanted to ask questions about things he thought were confusing. Or he, he'll frequently say something that he thought was funny, and I think it's funny because he knows us. He knows us really well. Yeah, he gets our sense of humor. Danny, do you always know when you're listening who's talking if it's me or her? Yes, I you do. You do. You can but tell I, our it's, voices. It's taken 25 years. So. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's I mean, I would expect him to know. I don't even know the, our voices when we listen. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Danny, we have you here. So tell us what you like about Him Talk Twin Talk, besides, of course, the fact that your lovely wife and sister-in-law are the hosts. No, I, I, really, uh, I really appreciate the work you guys put into it, and I, I think it's really, uh, it's really important to understand the um you know kind of the history of these hymns because we sing them in church and sometimes you don't understand the back story of it the history of it and the and the, the years that people have kind of struggled and and different things that have happened it's really amazing how god has um, um really touched the hymn writers and it's and it's caused them to produce these beautiful hymns it's really awesome I mean, it's true. That's exactly what we want to do with the I podcast. Know, we know. want to, you know, shed light on the stories behind the hymns. That's what we want to do. Right. So, I mean, not to put you on the spot, but could you, like, pick a favorite or, or something that really struck you from one of our episodes? Well, I, you know, I, I, I really do love them all. But one of the ones that I really found um, that I, I really enjoyed was, um, I think it was uh, episode seven, right? Yeah, oh, it said yeah. Eternal Father, Strong to Save. That hymn is sung at, uh, or was sung at, a lot of the presidential funerals. Mm -hmm. It's the Navy hymn. It's, you know, it's got such a strong history. And even, you know, even people who may or may not believe in God, you know, they can understand right. how powerful that mm -hmm. song is. You know what I mean? Uh, having an eternal father and something bigger than ourselves. It's really, mm -hmm. really an awesome um, story. Yeah, that was so long ago, too. That was episode seven, you right. know, one of our first episodes. And, you know, really diving into the history. And mm -hmm. remember, Kelly, it wasn't even written by an American. Right. 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 So we, we've adopted it as this, um, you Navy know. Navy hymn right. for our Navy. And it's not even written by an American. Yeah, we, I love that one. 
I mean, I'm sure our loyal listeners want to know what it's like being married to an identical twin. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 really funny because there's so many different times you guys will complete each other's sentences or say very much the same thing, and it's really it's. I won't say it's creepy because it's not. <laughs> we know I just, it's creepy sometimes. It's a little creepy. I just, I just find it amazing. It really yeah. is amazing. I mean, since we have the two of you here, you've been married for, is it 25 years? Yeah, it'll be 26 this yeah. year. Oh, Gil, 26 years. Tell us a little bit about how you met. Um, well, we met when we were 10. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, just kidding. We actually met in a really unique way. Mm. We were both singing waiters. Yes, we were. Now, I was working construction at the time, right, but I loved Friday. to sing. And it was so fun. It was really fun. It, it was, was fun, fun to watch. Did you like waiting on people? Uh, no, that was <laughs> that was definitely not. The waiter part of the singing waiter was not my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so we met, and most people know that I, of course, am a singer. I've made a career out of it, but not everyone knows that Danny is an awesome singer, too. In fact, later in the episode, we're going to hear him sing. Yep, we roped him in. We yep. said, you have to share the hymn. You have to sing it. Yep. All right, so it is time to hear the hymn. Now, Danny okay. has requested this hymn. He mm -hmm. talks about it all the time. Mm -hmm. I do know that when we sing it in church, you know, I can see him in the <laughs> pews, and I see the tears coming yeah. down. Aww. He loves this song. It really affects him deeply. All right, well, let's tell everybody what it is. Danny, you tell us. Announce the hymn. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. In many ways, this is a modern hymn. So we've had some modern hymns. We've had There is a Redeemer. Right. We've had Mary, Did You Know? Yes. I mean, that's... Mark Lowry, yeah. yeah. And now we have this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here I Am, Lord. Written by Dan Shute. Now, yes. are we saying his name Shute, Cal? I mean, or Shut. Or Scooter? Scoot? <laughs> if there was an R, it would be Shute. Like Dwight Shute. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> no, it's Dan Shute. And most people probably would categorize this as a Catholic yes. hymn. Yes. Dan Shute is a well-known Catholic music composer. Right. Um, so most people would think... Danny might have heard it from your Catholic background. Now, Danny grew up in the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. When did you start hearing this song, Here I Am, Lord? Um, I actually don't, I'm trying to remember, and I don't believe I ever heard it at, um, while I was part of the Catholic Church, but um, when when we started to go to um, the Baptist Church, you know, we would, we would hear it occasionally, and mm -hmm. I, I really fell in love with it, just the idea that he wants a personal relationship with his people. Mm -hmm. I, I really, I, you know, I fell in love with it. And I don't remember singing this song ever. I felt like until I came here. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, is that this song was written in 1978. Okay. The fact that this song is even included in the Catholic liturgy at all is because of Vatican Council II. Vatican II. Okay, so what's Vatican II? I know. It sounds like the sequel of some great movie, Vatican I. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. What's Vatican II, Kelly? Okay, well, Pope John Twenty-Third announced <laughs> the creation of the Second Vatican Council, and it literally shocked the world. Hmm. There hadn't been an ecumenical council like that in nearly 100 years. Okay. And you know what? There hasn't been one since. But the Pope has the authority and power to call these councils. It just hasn't been done that often. And so there was about 2,000 to 2,500 bishops, 
auditors, sisters, laymen, laywomen, they went to St. Peter's Basilica from the years 1962 to 1965. No new dogma or doctrine was introduced during this Vatican II, but it transformed the Catholic Church into what we know of it today. For instance, they allowed for Catholics to pray with other Christian denominations. They encouraged friendship with other non-Christian faiths, and it opened the door for languages besides Latin to be used. A huge change that people noticed right away was that the altars at the front of the Catholic Church were now turned around, and the priest faced the people instead of turning around and turned around and facing the cross. Do you ever remember being in a Catholic church and having the priest turned around? I think probably early in my life, Mm -hmm. yes. Definitely early in my life, I do remember. The other thing that the Vatican II did was it actively encouraged the full participation of the faithful when it came to sacred music. So it was no longer you just listening to the Gregorian chant being sung from the choir loft or maybe sing just a few standard hymns over and over. Now they were going to be singing. The music was going to be a little bit more contemporary. They were introducing contemporary instruments like guitars, Mm -hmm. and they were expecting the people in the pews to sing. And you can imagine what a big change this all of this was. Probably by the time we saw it in like the small local church, it was like the 70s. Exactly, exactly. So when we, and we, Think about how because of that we have a song like Here I Am, Lord. Yes. So our hymn writer is Dan Shute, mm-hmm. and in the 70s, so as a result of Vatican II, he is now rethinking music. And I read that he's at St. Louis University, and he's found this group of men to, to, mm-hmm. to hang out with. Mm-hmm. They start writing music together, and they said that they wanted to write music that would counter the smug, shallow stuff that had flooded into the void. They wanted to update it. And when you ask Dan Shute like what his musical influences are, mm-hmm. he says that he was highly influenced by the music of the time, such as Simon and Garfunkel. Oh yes. Gordon Lightfoot, Peter Paul and Mary. Yeah. Um, and even like Musical theater, Rodgers and Hammerstein and Lerner and Lowe. I can see all of those influences in this hymn, don't you agree? I agree, yeah. This is a quote by Dan Shute. Oh, oh, this so is a quote. He So he was talking about the style of Peter, Paul, and Mary. Mm -hmm. And he said, many of their songs grew out of the folk tradition. Mm -hmm. That is music that is meant to be sung by people, ordinary people. Most folk music was never written down, but passed from family to family and generation to generation. It was music that people learned by heart and would sit around and sing together. That's exactly what we do at Mass in a very simplified way. It was music for people to sing together and less for people to sit and listen to. So Dan Shute got that message from Vatican II. We want people to sing. And he realized we needed like a new, almost like a new genre of music to get people to sing. And he relied on the musical styles of these folk singers like Peter, Paul, and Mary. Mm. Right. All of this was probably happening in the 70s, probably just about the time you were going to Catholic Church. You don't remember any of this. I don't. No, he was yeah. very, very young in the 70s. I know, but it would have been right. the 80s, too. He kept yeah. going. Yeah. I know that a lot of Catholic churches started having a second mass, like yes. a folk mass mm-hmm. or a family mass. 
And that's where a lot of these newer traditions started. And maybe they would keep the older traditions for the mass for, you know, the other people in the church. Right, and Dan Shute was mm-hmm. a band geek in high school. He said yes. he played the clarinet yes. and the saxophone. But when he got to college, he wanted to pick up the guitar because the guitars were being played during masses, and he wanted to be one of those people. Yeah. It was becoming really, really common. Now, we haven't even sung it yet, Karen. I know. Do you want to? Sh- well, we have to sing it for you. I'm we sure do. people know it, but there very well could be people who do not know this song. Here I am, Lord, by Dan Shute. Okay. All right. So one of the things that make this hymn so unique is that the perspective of the person speaking changes. At first, it is God speaking in the verses, and in the refrains, it is people speaking, us. So we thought it would be fun to split it up between us and Danny. (laughs) Dan, do you want to do this with us? Sure. All right. So Danny is going to sing the verse. That is God's voice, God's words, and Carrie and I will sing the refrain. Okay. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry, all who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save. I who made the stars of night, I will make their darkness bright. Who will bear my light to them? Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is it For those of you who are just hearing Danny sing for the first time, I mean, what he, do you think of that? He is so good. I mean, let's give him a round of applause. Yes, Yay. of course. <laughs> woo! No, woo woo. People will say every once in a while, we want Danny to sing in church. I mean, Danny, how long has it been since you've really sung a solo in church? Yeah, it's been a long time. So I remember, Danny, one of the big moments when I heard you sing and was blown away was when you sang Javert's song from Les Miserables, Stars. I mean, you've sung that a few times. Can you do a little for us right here? Sure. Um, There, out in the darkness, a fugitive running, fallen from God, fallen from grace. God is my witness, I never shall yield till we come face to face. Till we come face to face. See, he's an actor amazing. Too, right? I mean, and we yeah. had to like endure Russell Crowe singing that. I know. Right? They should have just had you do it. I mean, we had to sit through that. Or at least an overlay, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Danny, if you could start a podcast, would you do, like, tech? Would you do theater? Yeah. What, would you do theology? What would you do? I don't know. I, that's a good question. I uh, I mean, uh, my primary focus now is technology, but I right. obviously love theology mm-hmm. and music, musical theater. and, and Like so. how to be a good husband and support their wife <laughs> and all their crazy ideas. <laughs> I feel like maybe you and my husband, Brian, should do a podcast about <laughs> being married to twins. Yes. Yes, we could. Oh, my gosh. Husband talk. Husband twins talk. Husband talk. Twin talk. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and we can be guests on each other's shows. That'd be great. That'd be like four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are so fortunate because we have a wealth of hymns, a, a huge hymn library to choose from. All right, so you heard us sing it. That was, of course, just the first verse, but you heard the verse which Danny sang which is God speaking and then the refrain which is us singing or people People, singing humans so let's just look at those words those characteristics of God you know something that I read this week really struck me each verse is like a paradox it's like two things that you don't expect to exist at the same time that they all do exist so right there in the first verse he tells us who he is he says I I, the Lord of sea and sky. So he's telling us like how powerful he is, how majestic he is. Like yes, he is. Uh, the creator of heaven and earth. Yeah, yeah we know that. Full yeah. of power and might. And then the very next thing, it's I have heard my people cry. He's not this faraway God who's full of power and might. He is right with us, and he's listening, and he hears us when we cry. Yeah, it reminds me of of the story of the you know the Jewish captivity and, mm-hmm. and how they cried out to God and God heard them even though it took a long time. Um, he definitely heard them and, he, and you know he did amazing things to free them from that slavery. Right, right there in verse one, he says, "My hand will save." Like I will save you. I hear you, and I will save you. So quickly looking at verse two, we yeah. see it again. He is the Lord of snow and rain. I mean, he is in charge of the universe. And then what's the very next thing he says? I have borne my people's pain. I have wept for love of them, but they turn away from me. They turn I mean, away. I, this is giving us a glimpse of who God right, is. Right, This, it, How the, much he loves us right. and cares for us. When we think of like Jesus was, you know, perfect and he doesn't understand our pain or he doesn't understand our suffering i mean that's what jesus did he died on the cross so that he could be feel our suffering he was 100 percent human and 100 percent god mm-hmm. so i mean he he loved us that much i think this verse two kind of is my favorite okay he's borne our pain he's wept because of his love for us right. how how often have we like wept because of how much we love our kids Right. You know, and how much they've driven us crazy. No, 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 just kidding. Just (laughs) kidding. And God feels that way about us. Mm -hmm. And then he says, I will break their hearts of stone. And he will give us hearts for love alone. And Jesus even says, how often have I longed to gather you, you know, under my wing, like a, you know, I mean, like a hen does to her chicks, Mm -hmm. but you've turned away from me and you've, you know, you've pushed away from from what I've um, you know what I've said and 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 what I've done and, and all the love I've I'm I'm giving you and it's mm. it's sad and, and this it, hymn you know. could be a hymn of like anger 
You know, right. like I have loved you. I have right. given you everything that you needed and you still turn away. Right. But it isn't. And then we look at verse three. And most people believe this is either a symbol of communion or it's a symbol of the promised land and what is promised to everyone who believes. I, the Lord of wind and flame, again, super powerful. I will tend the poor and lame. I will take care of those that need it. I will take care of the most vulnerable. And what will I do? I will set a feast for them with the finest of bread. It reminds me of the 23rd Psalm. Yes. Right? Yes. He'll set a table in front of us. Mm. So we just kind of quickly went through the three verses of God, you know, describing who he is and then how, how he feels about his, about his children. And each verse ends with a question. So what's that question? Whom Whom shall shall I send? send? Now, many times in hymns, we see just rhetorical questions. That's actually used a lot. But in this hymn, the question is answered in the refrain. Right. Here I am. Here I am. I have heard you, and I will go. Mm. And so I think one of the reasons why this hymn is so popular is because People really relate to that. So what's a time in our lives that God has called us to do something and we said, here I am. We said, yes. For me particularly, I think it's, um, you know, to serve in the church is is something that's, you know, really, uh, you know, I, I think it's fulfilling in so many ways to, even if I'm, you know, doing the technology in the, you know, the back, it, it still allows people to worship God and, you know, I, I think God's calling us to do anything we can just to be in that space, you know, to help other people to worship. I go back to my college days, mm-hmm. and I think that um, I was at the secular school. I had left the private Christian school. Mm-hmm. I had gone to this big state school in Massachusetts, and uh, I got a job playing piano in a church. And it was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I have to do this. The church community that I found I mean it was so wonderful and so beautiful and I learned so much it was such a big period of growth for me Mm. and yeah I feel like that was absolutely a calling of God and and it would have been totally appropriate for a college student to just be like yeah I don't want to do that job Mm. and I think back of just when we started coming here to FBC Reading Mm. we just started and uh, we were here maybe not even a year Mm. and they asked if I would fill in and they needed someone. I mean, it was right. very much like right. a, we need you. And of course, it was, sure, I will do that. Um, thinking maybe it would be like for the summer or maybe <laughs> for a year. And that was um, 20 years ago. 20, yeah. So 20 we years. have been here ever since, and I've been working. And then she pulled me in. Yes, yes, come here. Because it was a couple of years later that oh. they needed a pianist. Oh, my gosh, and what about this podcast? That's right. That was here I am, Lord. But the God shows that he's faithful. You say, here I am, Lord, and God will see you through it. Mm-hmm. Right. God will be, it'll be fruitful. It'll be productive. Your efforts will be multiplied. God equips those he calls. Right. Yeah. If he's going to call you, he's going to equip you. So then I just kind of thought of time after time, we see this in the Bible. Mm-hmm. God saying to someone to do something and then giving them the tools they need to actually do it. Right. So it's time for our quiz, you two. Ooh, it's a Hymn Talk Twin Talk quiz. Yes. How well do you know your Old Testament prophets? (laughs) Uh 
All right, here we go. How is this going to work, okay. Kelly? So I'm going to describe an Old Testament prophet. Okay. Someone who uh, had to say to the Lord, here I am. Now, maybe that wasn't the first thing that they said. Okay. Maybe they needed a little bit of convincing, but I'm going to describe an Old Testament prophet, and you're going to tell me which prophet it is. Okay. This Old Testament prophet was called by God to preach to the people of Nineveh. Jonah. <laughs> That's right. Do you know what Jonah did instead of saying, here I am, Lord? He, like, ran away. <laughs> yeah. He did. He ran away. And they he pushed him off the boat. <laughs> and then he what got, happened to him when he was in the water? He, he got, got swallowed by a fish. Huge sea creature. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Another prophet. Prophet. Okay. This Old Testament prophet was called by God to deliver the Israelites from bondage to their Midianite overlords. Moses. Moses. I wanted to give you a little bit of a trick yeah, one. Yeah, that was tricky. So this that is, wasn't Pharaoh in Egypt. No, no. no okay. This is Gideon. And uh, not only did he not uh-oh. say, here I am, Lord. He said, but Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Gideon's saying, I can't do this. Right, right. Right. No, that makes sense. Okay, let's do another one. Who is in the Old Testament who was living and learning under a high priest named Eli? Oh, isn't that Moses? <laughs> <laughs> when it don't say Moses, isn't that it? No. Oh, man. Um... I don't know. That was Samuel. Samuel. Do you remember Samuel's oh, mother man. gave him? Oh my goodness! I it's so funny. Yes, of course. All right. How about which prophet in the Old Testament was a noble Jewish youth, but he was taken into captivity by Nebuchadnezzar? Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> <laughs> that was his body. Daniel is right. <laughs> Good job, Danny. Okay, one more, one more, one more. Okay? When called by God, which prophet said, Here I am, Lord? Isaiah. Isaiah. You are right. right. So that brings us right to Isaiah and probably the inspiration. Right. For this hymn. Right. You know, and that's, well, we talk about how important it is to know your music and know hymns but i mean people maybe know isaiah because of this song right i mean you think here i am lord oh it's based on isaiah i mean it says it all over it so that's why knowing the hymns is so good you actually could be memorizing bible verses Mm -hmm. scripture Mm -hmm. stories from the old testament all right so this is isaiah 6 okay this is isaiah's vision of god and his response listen Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, 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 is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, 
and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. This is a very powerful vision that Isaiah received on this day. He sees the glory of God. It's very clear. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And what is Isaiah's response to seeing God's glory? Isaiah is realizing how much of a sinner he is. I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell with people who have unclean lips. My eyes have seen the most holy God, most holy perfection, and I am not worthy. And then when he realizes what a sinner he is, he his lips are touched by the burning coal. And they say and it's and he says to him, your guilt is taken away, your sin atoned for. It's telling us that we will be forgiven. There will be a way for our sins to be forgiven. We don't know what it is at this point, but there will be a way. And what's really interesting about the end of that uh, verse is when God speaks, he says, um, who will go for us? Mm-hmm. And he speaks of him and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The even, Trinity. Yeah, the Trinity, which, um, which really reinforces the fact that God is three and one, mm-hmm. and then Jesus is truly God and man mm-hmm. and God. It was part of the ultimate part plan. Of the plan, The Correct. plan for forgiveness, the plan for reconciliation. You know, we didn't know it. Isaiah didn't know it at the time, but right. that was what was going to happen to all who believed, to all who admitted that they were a sinner. Now, the actual words in the Isaiah passage are, here I am, send me. But in the hymn, we don't sing that. What do we sing in the hymn? Here Here I I am, is it I? In the original song, Dan Shute wrote, here I am, Lord, here I stand. And I read that he went and showed a friend the words, and it was he was scribbling away and making edits, and that was one of the edits that he made. Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? He wanted to be a little bit more self-doubting, which is a real accurate representation mm-hmm. of what we saw in those Old Testament stories that I just right. told you about. Right. Yes, Isaiah said, I will go, send me. But many of the other prophets and other people, I think of Paul, I think of Mary, They questioned, really, is it me? Like, is are you sure? Why me? And so that that refrain kind of echoes that sentiment, which is a very human and honest sentiment. So Dan Shute clearly was inspired by this passage, Mm -hmm. but there was another reason why he wrote this hymn on this particular day. Yes, this is such a great story. We love we love sometimes the hymn writer just writes because they're inspired by the Bible, mm-hmm. or be, because they're inspired by their own personal experience. But Dan Shute was actually commissioned, asked to write this. I mean, yeah. it's not even that that fancy or that formal. It was, you know, they were studying theology. On Saturday, there was going to be an ordination service, 
and a couple of the guys, it might have even been the guys yes, that we read guys, about, yeah. they said, write us a hymn, write us a song, we want a new song. I think they were trying to, you know, do something new, which is awesome, but it wasn't just write this song for the ordination service. This, the instructions were pretty clear. They wanted Dan Shute to write a, sto- a song that would have images of the word of God, the light of Christ, and something about the bread and the wine Eucharist. And so I can just picture Dan Shute. And, I, and this was a Wednesday. I read that he was you know, struggling to get over the flu. And he had basically three days to write it. And I read that he sat at his desk with his guitar and a blank sheet of paper, and he prayed. This is a direct quote. <clears throat> Attention, please. God, if I'm going to do this for my friend, you're going to have to help me. So he sat there and he thought about it, and he was brought to the Old Testament. He was brought to the prophets. He thought about the idea of vocation, since it was an ordination right. mass, and he really turned to the stories of the prophets, like Jeremiah, for inspiration. And Jeremiah asked God to give him the right words. All of the people that God called, all of them had their doubts in right. one way or another. They're just humans. They're filled with self-doubt. And that's what, you know, inspired the song. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even remember the ordination mass. I, I imagine he was still a little sick, a little tired, maybe right. nervous. He doesn't remember much, but he said that the feedback was that people loved it and they could really relate to it. And over the years, he's kept a file of letters that he's received from people, from parishioners, telling him how much the song Mm, meant. mm. And he says he has so many of these letters, but one specific letter stands out. It was from an army captain serving in Afghanistan. He said that they would gather in a field for mass, and the chaplain would lead them in singing Here I Am. And they all knew it, and they all could sing it by heart. The refrain especially, it's probably very easy to sing without looking at words. Yeah, yeah. And the captain wrote in his letter, We stand here in this awful place where we are asked to serve our country, but fear for our own lives, and together we sing, Here I am, Lord. Wow. That's really great. Let us know. Let us know if you if this is one of your favorites. We want to hear about it. Yes. So it was only published in about 60 hymnals. It's, you might think it's not that popular. Right. And you have to remember that the Catholic Church had one hymnal. Right. So it counts as one. But picture how many churches True. that was in. It yeah. was not. It was so, so, so many churches. Yeah. So I think being only in 61 hymnals That's, is not a real accurate representation of how much this hymn was sung. Right, and how many churches would have had access oh, yeah. to it. Yeah. So let's talk for a little bit about this group of men. So he found this group of men. He found this friendship, this team. Their names were John Foley, Bob Dufford, Rock O'Connor, and Tim Mannion. Wait, Rock? His name is Rock, R-O-C. Oh, nice. I mean, do you think it's Rick? (laughs) And it was a typo. (laughs) So these men were together trying to write music. And what they did, I thought, was really cool because they didn't really write music together. They wrote on their own, but then they brought it to this meeting, these these team meetings, and they would offer critiques, offer feedback, offer advice. It makes total sense to me yes. that he said, I changed the words when I showed it to somebody, right. because that's what these guys did. They didn't write together. So when you, maybe one or two men work together, but for the most part, their songs were, were one at a time. 
That's so great to have that kind of instant feedback. Yeah. So these guys, they would play and sing for their university liturgies in St. Louis. And they said that they were drawn to write music that connected with people's lives of faith. And they turned to the scriptures for inspiration. But they were writing constantly. They would try something out. They would write something on a Tuesday and try it out on Saturday. They were always having their music just evolve and grow from week to week. And so when they decided that they were going to leave St. Louis University, Saint, leave the St. Louis Order of Jesuits, in 1973, they decided they needed to do something to make sure that this music was written down, the music was recorded, something. So they published a collection of 57 songs, and it was called Neither Silver Nor Gold, and you can buy it. It's You can stream the music. It's on Amazon neither silver nor gold and it's called liturgical musical selections from st louis jesuits and it's various artists Mm. the whole thing lasts two hours and 17 minutes that's how much music is there and it was published in 1976 now the name of the album neither silver nor gold it comes right from acts chapter 3 verse 6 what does the bible say (laughs) here's our girls Peter said, I have neither silver nor gold, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, rise and walk. Mm. So that's, um, that's where they got the title. Now, these guys are all songwriters in their own right. And I think if you had to name, I don't know if I'm going to put you on the spot if you won't get this right, but if you had to name another Catholic hymn, I mean, Table of Plenty, City of God. I have a million Catholics. Keep going, keep going, keep going. um, Ave Maria. Okay, you're all wrong. I totally thought, I don't know. I feel like if I had to name one, I feel like I would name this one. I don't want to give it up yet. Immaculate Mary. (laughs) Think of one that we would sing in the Protestant church. I feel like we've sung it, but maybe more as like a choral anthem. All right, I'm going to sing a little. You have to name that tune. Name that tune, Danny. Do, 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 do. Be not afraid. Do, 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 do. Come. So this was Follow written me. by Bob Dufford. He was one of these St. Louis Jesuits. Mm-hmm. He said, again, the five men really worked together, but they didn't write together. And he talked about this, Be Not Afraid. He said it was the morning of President Clinton's first inauguration, January 20th, 1993. He turned on his TV, and there it was, Be Not Afraid, being sung. I mean, that had to be a huge moment. But these men all worked together. I love it. So eventually they all had their own careers. Um, We do read that Dan Shute left the St. Louis Jesuits. But I thought maybe we should just learn a little bit about what that was. Mm. Now, Mm. have you ever heard of that term? Yes, for sure. But I would never be able to describe it. Jesuit, a Jesuit priest. So it's basically called the Society of Jesus. Jesuits or interchangeable, you can call them the Society of Jesus. So it was founded by St. Ignatius of Loyola. He was a priest. He was born in 1491 in Spain. And he became a priest and formed the Society of Jesus in 1540, Pope Paul III made the Society of Jesus a new official religious order in the Catholic Church. Now, what sets this apart from just being a regular, ordinary priest? Most religious orders will profess three vows, poverty, chastity, and obedience. 
But the Society of Jesus took a fourth oath, and the fourth oath was obedience to the Pope. So the Jesuits have to be ready to take on whatever the Pope assigns, and it reflects a broader dedication to the universal church and to the greater good, Mm. that fourth oath. So St. Ignatius actually has many writings that he did, of course, but there's one prayer that, uh, that he's most famous for. Uh, I thought maybe we could share it. Okay. Take, Take Lord, Lord, receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, my whole will, all that I have and all that I possess. You gave it all to me, Lord. I give it all back to you. Do with it as you will, according to your good pleasure. St. Ignatius is the patron saint of soldiers, education, the Society of Jesus, and the patron saint of retreats. This might be a fun fact, but we have two retreat centers that are Jesuit retreat centers here in Massachusetts. Right here in Massachusetts. We could go to them. I don't know if they would want us. road trip. (laughs) One's in Weston, Mass. Not far at all. And Gloucester. Not far at all. Beautiful. So it's in Gloucester, which is right on the coast. And I looked it up online. I say we go to the beach. We go to the beach. And we check out the Jesuit retreat center. (laughs) Yeah. So Dan Schutt has since left the order of the Jesuits. He moved back home with his parents for a while, and he said that he was really touched that the Wisconsin province of the Society of Jesus returned ownership to him of all of his copyrights. Mm -hmm. So this enabled him to have a little bit of a salary coming in, a little bit of income, and it just gave him some security as he was trying to figure out what to do next in his life. And uh, apart from the Society for Jesus, apart from the men uh, in St. Louis, he did record seven solo albums wow. that you can find online. He in, He's currently a board member of the National Catholic Reporter and a composer in residence at the University of San Francisco and a member of the University Ministry Office. He is still writing that's amazing. So he was born in 1947. Yes. So he has had a long career. God is using him. Still. 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 So I love when Hollywood borrows from our hymnal. Oh. And so we found... Our favorite segment on Hymn Talk Twin Talk. Let's go to the movies. And we haven't done this in a while. Yeah. All right. So... When I looked it up, I found that Dan Shute was a composer for the soundtrack of a movie called Dark Waters. Have you guys heard of this? No. It's from 2019. It came up in my research. And this doesn't happen all the time, but I had some free time last night and I watched it. You did? I watched it with my husband. So I have to say, it it has two of my favorite actors. So it has Mark Ruffalo. Love him. Do you love him, Danny? Yeah, he's the Hulk. (laughs) It has Victor Garber. Oh my gosh, I love him. I saw him on Broadway. He's so good. So good. I mean, I, from the Titanic even. Yes. He was so good. He's had a long, long, wonderful career. So when I saw that the two men were in it, I was immediately intrigued. But then it has a wonderful cast. It's Anne Hathaway. Love her. Tim Robbins. Love him. Bill Pullman. He's great too. Bill Pullman was was very different. I mean, I don't know the last movie I saw with Bill Pullman. But anyway, we sat down and we watched it. And 
It's very interesting. It's based on a true story of the time where this town in West Virginia sued DuPont Chemicals. It was all about Teflon. Oh, I mean, oh. it was it was a little a little scary, really. So we have the movie that really was about a town near us mm-hmm. with John Travolta called A Civil Action, and it was the same kind of idea. This was called Dark Waters, mm-hmm. and DuPont was you know dropping chemicals into the water. And there's these two scenes in church, and in one service, they're singing, Here I Am, Lord. Wow. And in the other service, the other uh, later on in the movie, they're singing another Dan Shoot song called City of God. We sing that at my school. City of I God. I City of God. Yeah. Um, it, you know, do you want a movie recommendation? It's, it's very well done. It's very well acted. They have people from the real story in West Virginia actually have, they make cameo appearances. You see them at the end, who they really are. Oh. It's very, very cool. I love stuff like that. And, you know, I, there was this quote that Mark Ruffalo says, I think, towards the end. He plays the lawyer. He plays Robert Billot. And he says, the system is rigged. They want us to believe that it'll protect us, but that's a lie. We protect us. We do. Nobody else. Not the companies, not the scientists, not the government. Us. And wow. I thought that was really powerful. Wow. Because the EPA, everybody was testing the water, telling them it was fine. I mean, everybody was telling them it was fine. Right. But you had this one farmer who says, 190 of my cows have died. There's no way it's, the water's fine. I, I would watch that. Yeah, yeah. sounds totally. very my hus- interesting. My husband watched it, and when we got to the part in the church, which literally lasted like 45 seconds, he was like, that's it? That's why we watched this whole movie <laughs> for that one scene? But I have to say, it's it's decent. It's, def- it's it worth is. watching just to learn a little bit more about that. All right, so that brings us to the end, Kel. Yeah. I hope people enjoyed talking about it. Now, we have this performance to share. We have this lovely singer from Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. His name is Chris Brunel. Yes. He has a YouTube channel, so yes. you can go and follow him and subscribe. So his idea with his YouTube channel is really a ch- it's an opportunity for people to learn the songs from the Catholic masses so that when they attend mass, they will be more confident singing. Mm-hmm. So you watch his YouTube, you sing along, you learn the song, and then you can go to mass and feel confident. Right, and unlike other contemporary musicians who are on YouTube, he keeps true to the arrangement that is written in the in the church, you okay. know, in the hymnals in the church. So he's doing it exactly the way any local church would be doing it on a Sunday. And so he's hoping that it helps people sing and participate, right. which is honestly what we all want. So thank you, Chris. So he is the music director at his home parish, which is called the Holy Family Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. And he has been there for 27 years. So he has both of us beat. Wow, he does. He does. does. And his YouTube channel, you guys, has over 1,200 videos. So he has us beat. Definitely. And he has approximately 35,000 subscribers. I love thinking about 35,000 people watching him and learning the songs Mm -hmm. so that they can sing. I love mm-hmm. that. He feels like he is supporting music ministers like me, yeah. like so many others yeah. all over North America. And he says he has viewership in Singapore, Australia, Scotland, England, India, and Uganda. And his performance is just him solo singing mm-hmm. on the guitar. I feel like it's exactly what Dan Shute was envisioning. Yeah. yeah. Here's Chris Brunel with Here, Here I, I Am, Lord. Lord. 
I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry, all who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save. I who made the stars of night, I will make their darkness bright. Who will bear my light to them? Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the
you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Really and nice. of course, we're going to have all his information. He's on Facebook. He's mm-hmm. on YouTube. You can find him. And we'll even put information about his church, the Holy Family Catholic Church in Portland. If you're in the area, go give him a visit. Mm, I yes. would actually love to go to Portland, oh Oregon. Oh, my gosh. Let's go. Where's our captain? <laughs> this is your captain speaking. I mean, have you ever been to the Pacific Northwest, Kelly? No. Neither have I. Have you, Danny? <laughs> no, I have not. I'm telling you, we're going. All right. So, Kelly, it's time for our hymn takes. All right. Danny, you have to give us a hymn take, too, okay? Okay. All right. So, what is our hymn take? It's what we want to remember from this episode. Mm-hmm. Something that, mm-hmm. you know, touched us and we want to have keep it with us. Mm. Well, I I actually love so much. It's really, really hard know, to choose. Too. There's so many pretty, pretty phrases. Um, I love when he writes, finest bread I will f- provide till their hearts are satisfied. So not only is he giving us exactly what we need, but it's the finest. Mm-hmm. It's the finest. And he says, till their hearts are satisfied. So it's going to keep coming. It's not just this little, yes. little bit. Um, and I think that that's, well, there's so many symbols that I think it can mean, but I love just thinking about heaven. Like our hearts won't be satisfied right. until we're in heaven. So he's going to provide us the finest bread for our mm-hmm. whole life. And then we'll meet him in heaven. Right. I love that. All right. So I have a bunch. I had said originally that that verse two is my favorite, yeah. but I really love the line Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? And knowing that it was something else that he changed to really accurately reflect on the human condition. It just makes me feel so much better that I'm not alone in thinking that. What? You want me to be the one who leads worship? Or you want me to be the one who to teach these kids? That's normal. That's natural. And um, what it is, is it's a sign of faith because you trust that God will give you the skills and the tools that you need to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and mine is kind of similar to that. I I think um, whenever I sing this song, and you know, you read the lyrics, it's it just reminds you that God is He's so powerful; He could do it all Himself. Mm. But He wants us to be a part of it. But He also wants to grow us towards Him and and help us to know um, His love is so it's so overwhelming. And you know, you get the the opportunity to serve others so that you can shine his light onto their darkness and then mm. he takes the credit and it's just it's the you know you do that because he's done so much for us he's sacrificed so much every time i i, I sing this song it it really touches me that way you know it makes i really hope that this song and this episode has touched all of you yeah. listening it is such a powerful song and such a wonderful story behind it and so impactful that it has just crossed over denomination right. lines. So many churches are singing this and appreciating it. And we just have to thank Dan and his friends. Not this Dan. <laughs> Dan Shoot and his friends. Yeah, kill. Honestly, that was almost my hymn take, was just that him and his friends were able right. to do so much together. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're, we're meant to do things in community. Yes. We can't just do it alone. And him and his friends writing all this music is such a good example of that. So we have Dan Shute to thank, and we have Dan Tropiano to thank. Yay, because, Danny, you brought this to our attention, and it's been great. Yes. yes. And, Danny, this is the first time, oh, him talk to him oh. talk first, <laughs> that we've had someone who stayed with us for the entire episode. Yes. It's awesome. It Did you great. have fun? Oh, so much fun. Would you really? come back and do it again? Yeah. No, absolutely. Anytime. 
I love it. Well, it's great. We're going to put Callie to the test. Does she want to do the podcast with her husband or with her twin? Him talk, twin talk, husband talk, talk. brother in law talk. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dan, for being here. Thank you so much. And remember, if you have a hymn that you'd like to hear us talk about, we love doing hymns that are special to you. Yes. Special to Danny, special to. Anybody. You know you don't have to be related to us nope. to get your hymn <laughs> on our show. No, nope. Just let us know. Send us a message. Please follow us on Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Yep. All right. And our next episode will be in two weeks. That's right. All right. Until then, you guys, keep on singing. Bye. Bye. Bye.